Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's great to be back at the kitchen table, and we're going to have fun today because yes, we, we have the guys from the Babylon Bee, Kyle Mann, he's the editor-in-chief, and of course, Joel Berry, who's the managing editor. They're the ones that are writing all the funny stuff that you're passing along, um, you know, texting out to your family chain, et cetera, et cetera. They have a new book out called The Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. Welcome to the kitchen table, Kyle and Joel. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, we are partners, but not partners in life like you guys. (laughs) Well, that's kind of what your book's about. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Thank you for clarifying that point. I appreciate that. All right. So listen, I have to tell you, the Babylon Bee has brought so much joy to my family. So we are, I'm not joking. We screenshot and send each other, uh, you know, headlines all the time. Uh, Will and Pete and I have been on, on Fox and Friends have been pitching for a long time. I don't know. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that we've been denied doing this, but we wanted to do a segment and we've pitched it multiple times called the B or not, or not the B where we put up like headlines <laughs> and we ask our viewers to write in and, or, or we kind of test each other and decide what's real, what's not. Um, that's sort of what we love about it. But for somebody who's listening to our podcast right now, maybe hasn't had the pleasure of enjoying the bee as much as we have, the Babylon Bee. Explain to those who are listening or watching, how would you describe the Babylon Bee and why people should go to that website? Yeah, the Babylon Bee is, uh, it's tomorrow's news today. (laughs) So if you want to know what's going to, if you want to know what the Democrats are going to do tomorrow, then you just read the Babylon Bee today and then you don't have to bother reading the news tomorrow. But yeah, we're a we're a satirical news site, so we write uh, we write satirical headlines that are making fun of things that are happening in the news, uh, everyday life, church culture, crazy w- weird things worship leaders wear. You know everything from church humor to uh, to gender and worldviews and politics, and we make fun of everybody. So that's kind of the fun thing about it is that you get to consume the news through humor. Yeah, we're so often on the right. We don't have humorous content on the right it's often been reserved for the left which is very cool to have um a more conservative leaning or uh, a group that'll go after everybody not just uh, a group of liberals that go after conservatives but i think it's fascinating kyle 
Uh, you are a former pastor, a speaker. Uh, you live in Southern California, shocking, but Southern California, you have three boys. And Joel, you're a former uh, worship leader. And I know you're trying to get to Rachel and I. We have nine kids. You have five. Well done. <laughs> but maybe both of us, uh, to tell us both, how did you guys get to the beat? Tell us your journey, just a, a brief history of, of, of how you go from, you know, point A to now this amazing satirical website that's having a cultural impact. Let's start with Kyle, since he's the pastor. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's go with Kyle. Yeah, he's pastor, higher ranking. Pastor Trump's the uh, worship leader? Okay. <laughs> Kyle. The, pa the pastor Trump's the worship leader. I like that. Uh, yeah, I started at the Babylon Bee the day the Babylon Bee launched, which was in uh, March of 2016. And um, I just started writing in headlines. <laughs> I just started emailing headlines into... Adam Ford, who's the guy who founded the website. And uh, it was just like, it was it was a great relief valve for me. And it was a great um, outlet because anybody who's been in a part of church culture, you know, whether it's a massive mega church or a smaller, you know, small church culture where everybody argues over the color of the carpet or whatever, like knows that you there's so much humor there, you know, uh, in the, in those kind of little subcultures. And when Adam Ford announced like, hey, I'm going to do something that's kind of like The Onion, you know, with these funny headlines that that make a point kind of, but it's also just fun humor, but it's it's written from a Christian perspective, from a conservative perspective. I was like, yes, this is what we need in the world. <laughs> and so I started, I started incessantly emailing him headlines and they started getting published. And I, um, I uh, became the head writer of the website pretty quickly. And then a couple of years later, I took over as the editor in chief. So uh, that was kind of my journey. It was just like a, a God thing, as they say, you know, uh, not not something I ever planned on doing. I was in construction sales <laughs> and just, it, it, as my full time job. And then I was uh, I was also pastoring bivocationally at the time. And I was like, this is what I'm, this is what I want to do with my life. You know, make fun of uh, everything that goes on in our crazy clown it, world. Were you married at the time? I was and still am to the same woman. Yeah, to the same woman. So I'm just yeah. wondering, because if Sean had said, you know, I've decided I'm going to just make funny headlines instead, <laughs> I might be like, what? Could have got some pushback on that one. My, my wife was, was and is amazing. You know, she I, I told her because, you know, I, I had a job in construction sales and I was like, um, I think I'm, I'm telling her about the Babylon Bee and she doesn't understand it. Like, she doesn't yeah. know, what, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, there's these funny headlines, you know, and she's like, oh, whatever, exactly. I don't kind of get and I'm, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to quit my job her. and I'm going to do this full time. And she was like, I support you. So Aww, props to her. She's a saint. <laughs> Good wife. Yes. She's awesome. Okay. So Joel, tell us your journey to the B. Yeah. So um, I I was also in sales. There, there are a lot of sales guys here <laughs> now writing for the B. Um, but I, you know, it was, it was kind of a dead end job. I, I didn't like what I uh, was doing. Uh, my wife, uh, God bless her, she kind of said, why don't you take a year and, and figure yourself out and try some stuff and, and branch out. And so I started writing. I was a big fan of the bee. I remember when I first discovered the bee um, in my in my social media feed and seeing this headline, um, Holy Spirit unable to move through the congregation after the fog machine breaks. And I thought, who are these guys? This is amazing. Like, you know, this is... That was the first headline that... It was, it was that one of the wrote. early, early headlines. the first one I wrote then in mailed in. Yeah. And, and I remember discovering That's it. Awesome. And, and like, here are these Christians that are, are writing funny jokes that get me that, you know, I think that one of the unique things about the B early on is that we, we could make fun of Christians, but it wasn't coming from a place of hate or derision, which is what you usually see in the comedy world. And, uh, and so... 
during that year when I was kind of trying to figure things out, I, I started s- sending in headlines as well. And that just kind of snowballed uh, until I was kind of doing it full time. And Kyle called me at some point and said, well, we should probably start paying you because uh, <laughs> you're already working full time. So uh, it's it's been a dream ever ever since. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. It's And it really is, I think, for me, for the rest of the writers, and and for people who consume the content as well, it's it's very um, healing because our world can be very sad and um, a lot of terrible things happening in our news feeds every morning. It's good to be able to laugh at some of this this stuff. It it it's really nice. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly it, right. Like, there's so many ways to deal with what's happening out there. You can like, you know, you can write about it, you can scream about it, you can cry about it, you can throw your shoe at the TV. <laughs> Um, you can get depressed, you can feel like just checking out, like I can't handle it, or you can just laugh about it. And you guys do such a great, great job of that. I, we, we actually pulled up some of our favorite ones. So I'm going to, we're going to go through them. <laughs> so this first one is actually my all time favorite headline for the Babylon Bee. <laughs> um, powerful. So what you see is burning houses. For those of you who are listening to us and not watching it, you see burning houses in the, you know, they spell out love and the like Babylon, in a, neighborhood, a big neighborhood, in a big neighborhood <laughs> and it says power. This is again, this happened during the 2020 riots, right? On um, powerful protesters spell out love with burning homes and businesses. And it was just so perfect to me because they were causing so much destruction. They were ruining people's lives. And yet, saying it's peaceful and protesting, the, yeah. and this is exactly what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, it was just so right. good. Who well, did any of you write this one? I, I think that was mine, and I did the Photoshop too, which was, <laughs> which was fun. I love it. Nicely done. Well done. Well, all done. right, next one. Uh, inspiring. Justice Sotomayor shows world illiteracy doesn't have to stop you from achieving your dreams. <laughs> Of course, this was after she, I guess, got some like pretty common judicial terms mixed up in some affirmative action debate, correct? And um, yeah. and, and it was embarrassing. And uh, again, what we are all Fine. thinking, but you guys just said. All right, next one. Oh, there we go. This is, there we go. No, okay. but see my, there we go. There we go. There we go. That, this one is great. This one, you know, you just have to be a Christian to appreciate this one. Anglican Church unveils tuck friendly vestments. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that one? Uh, I I think that might have been mine. Yeah, I think that might have been yours. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I never remember if I wrote a headline or not, but I I think I pitched that. The, the Anglicans <laughs> and the Episcopalians they, they're always good for for uh, a good joke. Yeah, let's <laughs> just let's just. I'm just praying the Catholic Church doesn't go this route, but we can yeah. all appreciate what's happening. We could be on the fast track. You we know. were definitely on a fast track to something. All right. Um, Next one. Uh, this one is a recent one. Bad luck. Military announces F-35 was carrying the Epstein client. Left. Oh, man. <laughs> Sad. Too bad. Yeah. What a coincidence. You, you guys had a lot of fun with the missing F-35, which is, is shocking and sad that the U.S. military can lose an F-35. Um, <laughs> what do you make of that? Of, what yeah. do you make of it? Yeah, that's wild. I, I mean, uh, you could put a, you, you could put an, I saw someone on Twitter say, you just put an iPhone in there and do this search, find my iPhone <laughs> app. Yeah. You know, how do we not, how, how are we not able to find something like this? I don't know. But that's the, that's the beautiful thing about the news is, uh, Every day we feel like we're out of ideas and we've thought of everything that we can think of with these headlines and the news gives us something fresh, something uh, that is more absurd than what happened yesterday and you just never run out of stuff to joke about. 
Yeah, in the military, I think called this a mishap, a little more than a mishap. Those are not yeah, I think I think the latest <laughs> theory is that it might have been hacked um, by some foreign power. I, I, we don't know yet what's going on, but um, you know, I'm sure you guys will have a headline and we'll find out that it's all true right. a, a couple days later. <laughs> okay, here we go. You know, here's one. Uh, so this one was great. This one just came out. Um, this is that the tennis star who refused to get vaccinated during the tennis open, and what was it, Australia or, or New Zealand? I forget. And he says, victory, um, a shot in the arm, heart is exploding with gratitude. <laughs> it was a great headline, except the actual thing that happened was actually just as funny, which was when he was giving, you know, after he won, the, it said that the segment was sponsored by Moderna. Right. <laughs> Did you see that yeah. underneath? Moderna gave him like the shot of the day. Yeah, yeah, which is just a hundred percent. So, so th these are some of Rachel's favorites, mine too. Uh, headlines from the B, and this was all in a lead up to the next B headline that is Rachel's all time favorite and one of all time favorite topics. Yeah, which is yeah, embarrassed man. Could, so there's a picture of Zelensky wearing his like mili weird military uniform. He always dresses like Castro or something. Embarrassed man could have sworn invitations and cost party. So one of the things that I have absolutely loved about the B, the Babylon B, is that you guys have been really. Um, courageously going after the the lunacy of the Ukraine war. Why is that such a big topic for you guys? Well, it's one of those things like whenever I feel like as a humorist, you always want to find kind of a subversive angle for things. And so whenever you have um, you, whenever you have this movement, that's like you're expected to get on board with it. You know, you're expected okay. like the same thing with the pandemic and you know, everybody has to get vaccinated or everybody wear a mask. And every time there's this big group think going on, you know, you want to be the one to kind of speak the other direction and find that third comedic angle. You know, that's sometimes you don't want to be like for, necessarily for or against, but you just want to kind of poke holes in things. And so whenever yeah. there's this kind of mass group think going on, the the comedian is trying to poke a hole in that and kind of expose it for what it is. And, um, so, you know, so obviously it's like, we don't support Russia, right? <laughs> you know, we don't like support Neither that, but it's, but when, but when you have everybody around you, that's like, yeah, you got to fly the Ukraine flag and the rainbow flag yeah. and the vaccination flag. And, you know, you want to be the one that's kind of like, eh, look at all these idiots. You know, we're just old men sitting in lawn chairs, making fun of everybody that's walking by. And, Ma and the, like the pageantry of, the of it all too is... Making fun of the people who won't fly an American flag, but will fly a Ukraine flag yeah. in front of their house. Exactly. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but the, the, I guess the, um, like the show business side of this whole Ukraine thing with Zelensky wearing his war costume and, you know, showing up asking for, for more money. There's just something inherently funny about that. The, 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 the propaganda that they're trying to jump drum up uh, and, and sway public opinion is is pretty transparent well, any, and really fun to make fun of. And, and, and anytime that something somebody or some group is very self-serious, like they're the ones that are a great target for comedy, which is why everybody made fun of conservative Christians for so long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, but now it's kind of like that mainstream like warmonger. And the, uh, you know, and, and, and the religious left, uh, there's a religious about their progressive beliefs. You know, those are the ones that are really great targets for comedy right now because of how, how self-serious they are. Or Sean Penn showing up like we, <laughs> that was so weird to that meeting with Zelensky and he handed him his 
awesome. I mean, th- this is the problem for you guys, right? Like, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> he hands his Oscar to Zelensky. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That when Hollywood gets involved, I, yeah, we had one where Ben Stiller shows up. Um, oh yeah, and uh, he gets kicked back out after Zelensky sees Zoolander too. Um, but uh, <laughs> I like Zoolander too. I like one and two. <laughs> So when Rachel's having baby number five or four, I think we actually shed an epidural. So we were in labor and we actually watched, I think, Zoolander one in the hospital. Yeah, I know we watched classic. the Zoolander while I was in labor classic. with an epidural. Or highbrow. Highbrow So, so I want to show you guys something and get your reaction because this is again something that you can't make this up. So. In order to sell, you talk about the propaganda, right? In order to sell the Ukraine war, the Ukraine government thought it was a great idea to hire a trans-American to sell the war. And this came out, and I saw it on on Twitter, this video, and we're going to play it for you guys. I thought it was you guys. When I saw it, I thought this was the Babylon VA doing some, some joke and prank on us. Watch this. I want to Russia get the reaction on the, the other truth side. That their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation. Does this, does this make you want to hire Zelensky onto the Babylon Bee? Because this is good. This I is love, really good. I love that that like that's the image that they have of Americans. Like, okay, oh, really? we want to reach Americans. Let's let's put a dude in a dress. That'll do it. You know, <laughs> they'll send us millions and billions. <laughs> well, we're well, gonna give him a dude brass and then dress him like Zelensky, like the female version of the Zelensky military <laughs> outfit. And talk yeah, to it's like, are we sure that's not Zelensky in a wig? I'm not sure, but th- that's the kind of the funny. The funny thing is though, like that that plays like a Saturday Night Live sketch. You know, that know. that we would have seen back in the glory days of Saturday Night Live in the 90s. But, you know, the late night host Saturday Night Live, they won't go after that kind of stuff anymore. But that is totally what it looks like. It's like Chris Farley in a wig. <laughs> totally. Is, but you know what? That's so interesting. Is that the next step for the Babylon Bee? I mean, I I grew up on Saturday Night Live. I love Saturday Night Live. I, had a, I grew up in a Catholic home where I, even though I was a cheerleader, I had to come home right after the game. I had no social life. My mother had me, um, you know, locked down. So I would come home after the games and I would watch. I was allowed to stay up late, though. And I watched Saturday Night Live. I grew up watching all that stuff. It's not funny anymore. And I'm thinking, you guys are funny. Is that the next step that you guys should move from from your site to actually producing sketches? Yeah, we have we have a bunch of sketches on our YouTube channel. So definitely check those right, out. I know, like, but as a show, I mean, yeah. to move it on to a different platform. Yeah, we've looked into all kinds of options for that kind of stuff. So. You know, stay, stay tuned. tuned. Is, yeah. is that real? Are you serious? Like, that's a stay tuned? Like, well, this you know, is the next SNL? You know, stay see tuned. what happens. <laughs> they don't Listen, I'd watch. Right? Okay, so just, uh, you, you guys may know this, but I spent nine years in Congress, right? And we get relentlessly mocked as, I was a Republican in Congress. Um, 
we get mocked all over the map by by left wingers, by news outlets, by the comedy shows. Um, and you, you, you get a thick skin. You just get used to it. You get the reporters who are really rude and mean to you. Democrats never get tough questions. We only get the tough questions. And just from a political perspective, it's and I know you come after conservatives as well. There's some great stuff you've done on Donald Trump. But you do go after liberals and the craziness on the left and the satire um, and the comedy around it or the humor around it really does bite politically because, because we're, yeah. we're laughing about the stupidity of, of what they're doing. And the consequences, when you laugh at someone, you're able to recognize the ridiculousness of their yeah. policies when so often, and really before the beat, they, they, they were a sacrosanct. You couldn't, you couldn't touch them. You couldn't laugh at them. You couldn't mock them. But mockery is a really um, critical form in politics. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's something the left has known for a long time, and they've yeah. employed yeah. very effectively. I, I think even mm-hmm. Saul Alinsky, one of his rules for radicals yes. is, is that ridicule is one of your most potent weapons. Um, yes. And uh, it, it is true that, that like leftism um, as a worldview, progressivism, um, it doesn't really have much of a, uh, a foundation to stand on in, in terms of truth, logic, rationality. And so it, it requires this, this entire culture uh, to build a scaffold around it, to protect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you find is with a little joke here and there, it doesn't take much for the whole thing to come uh, crashing down, which is what makes it such a threat. And I think the other effect of, of satire is that it gives people courage. I think, you know, people are yes. afraid now. People are frustrated when they see the world around them. Um, I, I want to encourage people to laugh at, at some of these ridiculous ideas and, and laugh at some of these ridiculous people because um, that I think that brings courage um, I think it's contagious uh, and, it, and it's very powerful. Wait right there. We're going to have more of that conversation next. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. And, and we speak about the, about the part, I'm going to get to the book in a second because fascinated to hear about the new book that's coming up. But before that, the power of satire is real in that the left, um, left-wing media technology, they've tried to actually cancel the B, right? They want to take you out, take you off um, the, the, the main channels of distribution so people can't see your stuff. Tell us about the, the, the attempts to, um, to, to uh, censor yeah, the B. Well, it, you know, it goes all the way back to the beginning of the B, like the first year or two that the bee launched, we were already getting fact-checked by <laughs> by Snopes and and USA Today and and uh, you know the Associated Press and all. We got hammered by fact checks, and you could say on the one hand, like okay, well maybe grandmas on Facebook are confused by the articles, 
And, uh, you know, all of us have been fooled by a Babylon Bee headline here and there. But on the other hand, the way that they fact-checked us was so harsh, you know, it was like, these people are intentionally trying to deceive the masses and, you know, it's right-wing propaganda. You know, uh, New York Times called us like a far-right misinformation site disguised as satire, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So bad. Did the Onion uh, ever get the same kind of treatment, by the way? Because they call you like the conservative Onion. I don't know if you guys like that comparison or not. But do you guys, did you guys ever find out if they got the same treatment? Well, the Onion is the liberal knockoff of the Babylon Bee. But um, (laughs) they, uh, no, that was the thing. It's like when Snopes would fact check an Onion article that would go viral, uh, you know, for people mistaking it for reality. It was like, oh, you idiots, of course, it's the onion. You know, you, you got to know what the onion is, you know, and that they were kind of like mocking the audience for not getting it. But when we would do it, it was like, oh, the Babylon Bee, they're, they're doing this on purpose and they're trying to fool people. And um, Facebook would cite those fact checks to suppress the reach of our Web page, you know, and they started to downrank us in their news quality ecosystem. Yeah. And now like Babylon Bee articles that used to get 50,000, 100,000 shares on Facebook are getting five shares. 50 shares. Yeah. You know, there's this massive suppression that kind of occurred a few years ago. And then, of course, we got locked out of Twitter for eight months for not deleting an article that they wanted us to delete. So it's just been constant I, from all sides of big tech. It's so crazy, this story. It's just absolutely insane. <laughs> and the, and, and it, but it also shows the power of humor, the power of the Babylon Bee um, to give people, as you said, that courage to laugh at all the ridiculousness. Sean and I've been in politics for a long time. You know, he was in for almost 10 years. And I I have always thought that politics is funny, right? And it's why I was one of the very, very early supporters of Donald Trump, because he's funny. So how yeah. has Donald Trump changed politics and humor for you guys? Man, well, he was kind of our big break. I mean, we we started in 2016. We We were largely, you know, church humor. And then Donald Trump came along and, and there was this huge kind of rift in the church. I, I thought I think a lot of evangelicals were arguing amongst themselves. Can we support this guy? Can we not support this guy? Like what's going on? Um, a lot of comedians lost their sense of humor. Um, at, we were talking about Saturday Night Live earlier. They, they got really angry. All the late night shows got really angry. And, and it really kind of left the field wide open for us to... Um, to to make fun of Trump in a good natured way because he really it didn't take much it was low hanging fruit he's <laughs> such an over the top funny guy yeah um, and I think I think Americans were sick of politics uh, already I I you th- I I think of politics as like you know and what we do at the B is this image of you know a well dressed man who thinks highly of himself like slipping on a banana peel and into a pie you know yeah. Um, uh, and there's there's just something really funny about um, people who think highly of themselves kind of having the the, the wind knocked out of them a little bit. And um, so, yeah, Trump was a huge break for us. And I think the reaction on the left to to, to what we were doing made it even funnier. The, the anger at our joke saying that's not funny. It just makes it funnier. So you talk about low hanging fruit, Donald Trump, but also low hanging fruit is gender. Right. So we have. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many genders we have. This is, you guys are probably the experts on gender now. You can tell me <laughs> yeah, how many there are. And we can't decide it at, at birth. We have to wait until the person gets older so they can choose and it will modify the birth certificate. But tell us about the book, new book, The Babylon Bee's Guide to Gender. Tell us about the book. What do you guys unpack? What kind of humor and comedy are we going to get uh, in the pages? 
Well, I'm not comfortable with using the uh, metaphor low-hanging fruit when you're talking about gender, but <laughs> I, uh, the, yeah, the book is... Uh, <laughs> the book is part of our Babylon Bee Guide series. We now have three of them, Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness, Babylon Bee Guide to Democracy, and the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. So uh, we start out the book by kind of saying, uh, introducing you to gender theory that you can pick whatever gender you want. And uh, and then we introduce some options for you. You know, so you can pick, if you if you want to be boring, you can pick, you know, your biological gender or one of the two basic genders, man and woman. And we provide some helpful tests for you to find out if you are a man or a woman. Um, pretty simple tests, really. But um, <laughs> give and us then an we, example and then we, of a test. What's what, what's um, in the test? You know, so we wait, ask this like, like this is like one of the online tests you can take and answer mm-hmm. a whole bunch of questions, and at the end, you tell us, "Am I a, a furry or a woman? Correct, or a man? Oh yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, exactly like that. So yeah, we you know we ask like yes no questions, and then you rate yourself. And then we put you on a spectrum that you're probably, we can guess if you're probably a biological male or a biological woman. Like if you, you know, if, if you tend to run into curbs a lot, probably, probably a woman, yeah. probably more Thank on you. the woman. Listen, <laughs> you know what? So true. I have decided that stereotypes are true. Uh, yes. <laughs> that stereotypes is a perfect example. I have made no bones about the fact everyone in this house knows I'm the worst driver. I don't pretend I'm not offended. My husband doesn't let me drive she if he's in the car. Even if I drive to pick him up somewhere, like then it's like, get out of the car and drive. <laughs> well, that, that was one of the fun things about this book was we got to play with some of those stereotypes. The way we structured it was we have the first chapter is about men, you know, because men come first, of course. And then that second chapter is about women. And then after those first two chapters, we kind of dive off this diving board into the insanity of gender theory we, and all the infinite spectrum of genders that exist. But those first two chapters kind of ground you to start, and, and you, we play with those those classic stereotypes between men and women, which I really enjoy. I, I love that. I love the that classic uh, male female humor. You don't see a lot of it these days because yeah. men and women are all mad at each other. But um, we we love that we were able to put that into the book. You know, it's funny stuff. But can I can I share with you guys a story that happened? Then this word stops being funny, if you don't mind me bringing something up that's not funny. So. Um, a few weeks ago, I found a lump on my breast and it turned out to be nothing. So nobody worry out there. It turned out to be nothing. But when I made the call to get an appointment to get it checked out, you know, I thought something could be wrong here. And I had to get on a phone call where they made me feel, you know, answer all these questions before I could get um, my appointment. And they asked me what my gen, you know, uh, what, what gender do I identify as? Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I, I'm calling about potentially having uh, breast cancer. So I'm a girl. Um, and then they asked again in another way. Uh, and I was irritated by that. And then they asked again. They said, what gender were you assigned at birth? Oh, and then God. I lost it on the operator. And I just said, listen, I was not assigned a gender. I was given a gender by God. And this is very very irritating to me and very frustrating because concerned. I'm very concerned mm-hmm. that I'm concerned about having potentially having breast cancer and I, you're not engendering any trust in your specific in your hospital since you don't even acknowledge science and biology and she was started laughing and she said I'm sorry that my fault that I have to ask these questions I said I know and I don't want to you know rip on you I said but I want you to go back to your 
managers and tell them that this is actually stressing women out, that I want to mm-hmm. be able to feel confident. It was a very good, by the way, very good place. But it's so crazy like that. Even a hospital is playing this game. And I'm hearing a lot of bigotry coming from you. <laughs> and uh, I think you need to read the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. By the so way, you can... he just, Sean just, you know what Sean just wrote me right now? He wrote, I found the lump. <laughs> she told you she found the lump? I found the lump. <laughs> this is, I don't get it. we are accurate at the kitchen table. <laughs> but you know, should we, well, we should be a little more enlightened and read your book and, and how we can expand our horizons of gender. What, but it's, it's true what you say, though, that like that to see this ideology taking over uh, yeah. the medical field um, and, and we see what it's doing to kids and, and school and, and the, the horrific, you know, uh, things that they're doing to their bodies. And, and that's partially, you know, I guess that's the serious thing behind what we're doing. You know, obviously, yeah. we're just making jokes, but um Bad ideas, uh, our, our owner, Seth Dillon, often says that bad ideas are allowed to persist because they haven't been sufficiently mocked. And, um, and so, so we, we really want to kind of drive this, this terrible uh, philosophy uh, back into the darkness where it belongs by mocking it because it, it just doesn't belong. Can, can I ask you guys something as, past, as pastors, a music minister? How, how is it that, like, and I'm not, I want to work, work Catholic. And so, like, we're still kind of holding, see, we're that, still that, holding the line, I think. That is, that is Christian, just for you. Even yeah, just so you guys know, we're still So Christian. we're Christian, you're Catholic, got it. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, I know, I know. Listen, I sit next to Pete Eggseth and Will, and I get this every weekend. <laughs> um, and I tell them that we have beautiful, ancient Gregorian chants, and they have Jesus is my boyfriend music. Um, so, but, but here's the deal. In the Catholic Church, we're still holding the line. I mean, God help us with with Pope Francis. Not not my favorite dude at all. But <laughs> you guys, how is it that the evangelical church, these conservative Protestant churches, what is happening there? And how is the gender and the LGBTQ plus 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 whatever ideology? How is that permeated? What's happening? Is it that they're trying to appeal to youth? What happened there? How did that happen? Well. I think it goes back to these churches that didn't ground themselves on the word of God, you know, back when the seeker-sensitive movement was gaining steam 40, 50 years ago. When the what these, movement was? The seeker-sensitive movement. These churches that uh, instead of trying to feed the sheep, were instead trying to have, you know, throw bread and circuses to the masses. And you had these pastors jumping off, over the stage on dirt bikes and stuff, you know, to try yeah, <laughs> to try to one-up whatever they did last week. Um and you have these you have these churches that said no the church isn't for the believers it's so that we can put on a show for the world and so you had this desperate need for them to be liked by the world which maybe that was fine in the 80s and 90s when everybody was still kind of christian-ish or okay with christianity but now that the culture has pushed so far beyond that they're forced to constantly progress along with the culture and they become just like the world and they're lukewarm because they're not founded on the word of god and they really have to Bend the knee to the word of God and not the Pope. <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, so, but again, you guys are are Christian guys. Um, both are family men. Um, three kids. Uh, we were talking about your your bios beforehand. Um, and you know, having three kids in Southern California, uh, Rachel was like, you know what? That is probably just like having uh, nine, nine kids, kids <laughs> in Wisconsin, Kyle. So you get kudos for that. But then, Joel, you have you have five. 
And, you know, here you're taking on a big issue. And again, it's, it's, uh, we see with our own kids, we're a conservative home. We're a, a Catholic home, but the, the permeation of this ideology comes from all over. So is this, this is really about pushing back on this new woke philosophy through gender. Also, I mean, do your kids come into play? Do your, does your family come into play? Is this, because a lot of us will try to go, hey, is, uh, we want to put food on the table, but I want to make sure my kids can grow up in an America that's kind of like the one I grew up in and in, in, in the path we're on. This isn't going to be unrecognizable to anybody who grew up in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Yeah, well, I, I, I think about that a lot with my, my five kids. My oldest are, are 10 years old. I think a lot of parents think about the, the kind of world our, our kids are going to grow up in. And, and what I'm focused on is really just um, raising kids who know the truth and who aren't afraid to, to stand for the truth. Um, and they're, none of them are allowed to have phones ever. Zero phone. <laughs> um, internet, phones, uh, you know, TikTok. I, you know, you, like you said, it permeates everywhere. How old are um, they? How old are your kids? My, I, I, my oldest are 10. And uh, I have twin ten-year-old boys, and and so it really. Have you thought I mean, about they, when? Have you have you thought about when you want to let them? Um, hopefully never. Uh, maybe maybe like a year before they leave uh, the house, uh, so I can kind of like show them how to use it responsibly. Um, but I, you can't even watch a YouTube video anymore without getting like a mid-roll ad that has some kind yeah. of like gender ideology stuff so in true. it, you know. And so I'm I'm you know I obviously I wouldn't say that my choices are prescribed for every parent but um yeah i think all you all you can do is is do the best you can raising your kids and pray for them a lot yeah i pray for my kids every day joel you also are spewing bigotry and i think you need to read our (laughs) chapter of raising woke babies yes yes we have a we have a chapter on how to raise your your woke gender fluid children uh it's very how how to know if how to know if your newborn is trans (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, wait, tell, give us some of that. Give us some of that. How do yeah, we so, know? Because this is what they're saying. They're saying that that kid, like babies, are can tell that they're not the original gender that God gave them. Okay, so tell us. Yeah. So, here, is your newborn trans? Know the signs. The first sign is crying. If they cry, it's because they're really trying to scream, "I'm the wrong gender." <laughs> um, spitting up, pooping. Um, they're soothed by Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney videos. <laughs> um, scream at Jordan Peterson videos, mm-hmm. and also the most important sign is that you really, really want them to be trans. So if yeah. those things are the case, then your newborn is probably trans. Well, as if if you have a little girl who is comforted by their mother's milk, breast milk, that's mm. probably also another sign you could be trans. Maybe you could have added that in. <laughs> I don't know. No yes, I don't know where you're going with that, but it sounds like it could fit in the book somehow. So can I think, so I just on, on phones, we, we we have a lot of kids. We've made a lot of mistakes. And we talked about this a lot on our podcast. Mm-hmm. We gave them phones too early and it's crack. It's so addictive. Um mm-hmm. and they 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 make promises and the promises are never kept and they're hard to enforce. So um we've learned over time just so, now So what number kid did we finally so on, get it right? I'm five? finally on number five. Um, and we're slow learners. We're slow learners. So my, no, my number five is 15 years old and I'm getting big blowback about a phone. So what I did is I, this, I just, this was yesterday. I got a gab phone and all it'll do is call and text as a calendar on there and they can take pictures, but there's no internet. There's no other apps. So she can text and she can call. That's a good idea. But the danger is the, is the social media is getting online and, she can contact us. She can text us, but nothing else. Which 
I, by the way, it took me a while to find a phone that would just do those limited things. Well, so. can the phone access the Babylon Bee? That's that's the important no, question. No. Again, but the Dang computer it. that's oh, in the good. kitchen. But I can text you screenshots, which is actually how my family group Does chat work. works. That's, I hear a lot of that. I, ever since we've kind of been suppressed in social media a lot, it seems like a lot of our content gets shared just in group texts with people among friends and family. That's probably not helpful to the business model. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't make us any money, but we're glad people are still getting the content. <laughs> So talk, talk to us about, um, the, obviously, the, the book sell well, right? Because the website, and also the website does well, and the, the humor around this wokeness does well. But um, you know, the selling books, people, there's, there's an appetite for this, right? There's an appetite for the comedy and the humor. And especially, it's not just, you know, on the website, you know, if I'm getting funneled a little bit every day. I can sit down and sit and, sit and read a book with all of this humor, humor condensed on one topic like ideology. Yeah, we love we love our uh, the books that we've put out because it is a fun thing that you can kind of have the Babylon Bee sense of humor and, and and there's a little bit more breathing room in a book, right? Like we can we can do these like longer form jokes that take a little bit to build up to versus the very succinct headline. Mm-hmm. But you know the purpose of this book really is to buy it and throw it on your coffee table for when your liberal relatives come over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <This is sad. laughs> and or Christmas gifts, fly. right? Christmas gifts. <laughs> Christmas gifts for your lib relatives. Absolutely. And, Let's do that. And who wants a book just full of words, boring words? I mean, we, our book has pictures and stick figure stick diagrams, yeah. and, and uh, you, you'll see some very insane. Our, our art team did a great job on this book. Um, and you will see some things in this book that you won't, I guarantee you won't see anywhere else. And you'll uh, never be able to unsee. Yes. Because it's a pretty <laughs> por- pornographic book on this topic and your <laughs> figures and diagrams. This is concerning. I, I feel like the Babylon, this new book, Babylon B book is going to be read at a school board meeting. Yeah, well, we think that this is actually more appropriate, at least, than the books that are already in the school library. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Mm-hmm. You so, know what concerns me, though? It's like if if a guy, if a single guy buys this book, and a single woman sees it in his apartment, that it's going to cause a lot of tension because <laughs> you've been seeing these polls that have come out that have shown that like me- young single guys are getting more conservative, right? They have their whole manosphere. They've got this whole other culture. And women, single women are getting more liberal. And how do we bring them together? You guys thought hmm. about that? Hmm. I think about that a lot. I, I think I, about bringing men and women together a no, lot. Well, <laughs> no, it's it's a it is like it's like this growing problem. I I feel like I slipped under the door. I got I got very lucky. I married a wonderful woman, um, and uh, I I feel like soon after we got married, a lot of this this huge cultural yeah. rift started opening up, um, and uh, it's not good. Um, and and whenever you bring it up online, I, this happens when I bring it up online. You get a bunch of men in your comments pointing the finger at women. Ah, what about women? And you get a bunch of women in your comments pointing the finger at men. Ah, what about men? That classic, you know, Adam and Eve scenario where they're just pointing the fingers at each other. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, the first step, I, I, I give the advice that, that I give to anyone uh, who's looking for marriage advice is if you want someone else to I- admit their sin, you have to be willing to admit yours first and your your shortcomings mm-hmm. first. So. I talk to men. I say, men, you got to figure. You got to figure out where your shortcomings are. You got to figure out where you're sinning. You have to take responsibility as a leader, and uh, you know, and don't be afraid of a, a, a slightly center left girl necessarily either. You know, my my wife was kind of center left when we, when we met, and I think a lot of women, uh, if they meet a good man, they kind of take on their husband's politics a little bit. So, 
that's a the, very the political divide isn't necessarily say. something to be afraid of. If, <laughs> if you true. meet a good person uh, who you who you really love, uh, the, the politics will kind of work themselves out. Joel, it sounds like you need to read chapter six in our book, <laughs> How to What's Attract Other Genders. So, How to Attract <laughs> Other Genders. Yes. So, you know what? I'm just going to push back on you, Joel. We, we've done a lot of episodes on this podcast on love and marriage because we want people to find love and marriage. We believe you should have as much in common as possible, although it is true mm. that women tend to get more conservative when they're married. after they yeah. after they get married. And I also think it was great what you said because about... Because they can rely on their family, not the government. That, that, right. Exactly. Yeah. They rely on a man and a family and not the government. That's exactly right. But also, it was interesting. We had our daughter on a podcast last week where we did talk about this issue of men and women. And, you know, her thing was, yeah, you know, women you know, are definitely getting pulled in this left direction and, and there's, you know, you know, this rift. But also she said a lot of guys are playing video games and not mm-hmm. working out and then pissed off or, or frustrated yep. that girls don't like them. Um, so yep. it, does, it does go both ways. Um, one of you is from California. The other is from Ohio. Is it Joel? You're from Ohio? Yes. So we also had a podcast where we talked and, and we had a big uh, we had a big on camera on Fox and Friends debate about yes men midwestern men first of all america is very regional as you know right it's got you know east coast west coast southern guys western guys midwest men i have a lot of pissed off people on men and women around america because i said that the most underappreciated and slash the most ideal men for marriage are midwestern men and oh, especially the Southerners <laughs> have come out and boy, they are mad as hell that I said something <laughs> like that. What are your thoughts on since we're talking gender? Um, what's what's the ideal man? Where does he come from? What are the traits? You agree with me on the Midwest, obviously. <laughs> and we'll see if Kyle objects at all. So yeah. all do agree. <laughs> Midwestern men. Why? I don't know. I may, uh, Yeah, I have no idea. Um <laughs> Well, he's not defend. This okay, is so well, Midwestern of him. He well, can't even. He has, he's I mean, so humble. He can't even well, defend his own region. One time, one time, I was hanging out with Joel, and he was wearing three flannel shirts. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know if that's attractive. Well, maybe but, it's the flannel. Yeah. Well, Kyle, let's let's talk about why men aren't so great in like the the West Coast. <laughs> Unpack that for us. Well, you're never sure if. They're really men, really men, you know, that's, (laughs) have you seen that? There's that meme that's like, um, do you ever watch Gen Z dating, the Gen Z dating world and, and feel like you caught the last chopper out of Nam, you know? I saw this. That that is the best, that is one of the best memes. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah. Wait right there. We'll have more of this conversation next. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. But yeah, you know, California guys are cool, you know, we... uh... Laid back. Eat sushi, go surfing, uh, snowboarding. Soy lattes. So uh, I, I liked that high. for a while. <laughs> Not me and, personally, and but. I was living that lifestyle. I lived in L.A. and I was doing the sushi and dating the surfer guys, but they're not marriage material. 
Well, I'm it, not, this, this is very general, Kyle. This is not, this is a really yeah. general, broad base. You're a pastor. You're, you're a different okay. category. I think one thing, one thing women want to look for in a man is a man with honor, uh, a man who respects her, her, um, her boundaries and, and doesn't push her, you know, sexually before you're married and, 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 and all that. I think with, with women, uh, we but, get when, a, but, we get, but after you're married, but yeah, after <laughs> After you're married, it's fair game. But, um, but all, anything's on the table after that. At, Good California guy. When you're looking for an ideal woman, uh, the reason I say don't get too caught up in politics, I think uh, I think it's important that your values largely match. But um, I think a lot of women are just kind of by default center left because that's just what our culture is. But I think mm-hmm. the more important thing you want to look at is how she treats uh, her mom and her dad, the relationship yeah. she has with her parents and her siblings. Uh, a lot of women maybe have center left politics, but have very conservative lifestyles, um, and they don't really even think about the mismatch between, you know, the way they live and that common sense, uh, and and the politics. And so, I you, you have to look beyond some of those superficial uh, political things. I think, especially now with with things so divided politically. That's such a fair point. And, and I think you're right. It, they're, they're, if you have like a socialist, you know, that you think is good looking and you want to date, that's probably a red flag. You're not going to probably bring her back. But there are some that have some don't left. Date, don't date AOC. Is yeah, that your that's, view? Yeah, don't do this. You might go, AOC is attractive, but I'm not going to date her. Doesn't, the socialist bring chicks her are always picking at your fries and you know, put them on. <laughs> they want stuff for free. <laughs> but also, I just want to say, like, probably don't take dating advice from humorists at the Babylon Bay. We probably don't know what we're talking about. We can ask the question, should, should Republicans or Democrats date? We always say no. And it's not the politics, Joel. It's because politics reflect values. And so I, I think mm. you're right. I think that you're 100% right. Look at how they treat their family, their mom, their dad, and how they actually live their life. You could say that about Hispanics too, right? Like Hispanics live a very conservative religious lifestyle, and so many of them vote Democrat, mm. and there's just this disconnect. So that can happen. But a lot of the times, um, like the Mary Matlin, James Carville thing doesn't always work out. And, but, but I do think you can, you, 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 you can find yourself in a situation where there are no, you're not finding a conservative woman. So you might have to take a chance on finding one that's just a little left of center and hopefully bring, bring her over. over. Yeah. But I, mar- I like, I married, you know, someone who was to the right of Attila the Hun. So you, <laughs> she made, she made me more conservative. So. Awesome. Yeah. I was to the right of Rush Limbaugh. He had no problem. So you guys, we, <laughs> With the book, we have a very special place in our home. You said put her on a coffee table and offend your liberal guests or family members when they come over. We have a we have a shrine to the Democrat Party and the liberals in its uh, our guest bathroom. Um, and so some pictures, some artwork. Yeah. I hung my picture with Obama and I went to the White House and you you get your picture with with Michelle and Obama. You know, we went for the Correct, Christmas yeah. party when Sean was in Congress. And so that is hanging over the guest um, toilet. The guest toilet. <laughs> and um, and so when when a liberal comes over, I always go, "Oh, you have to go to the bathroom." I always send him to that bathroom. <laughs> we have we have a, a, a mock up of Hunter Biden's artwork as well. We yeah, put the Pete, Babylon Pete people. gave me yeah. Pete gave That's me great. the 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 Hunter Biden print. So I hung that up. And so now Sean wants to put the Babylon Bee in the bathroom. So the, the guide to gender. The, from it is a great toilet reader. Right we recommend it. Yeah. It's, we recommend you get one for every bathroom in your house, in fact. If you have a lot of bathrooms, make sure you get lots of copies. Exactly. Just by, as, I, as I imagine, it's a great Christmas gift as well. If you celebrate Christmas, it'd be a great gift. Yeah, great for gift for Kwanzaa <laughs> or any of the other holidays that people celebrate. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, listen, I just want to thank you guys for coming on. 
but also for just bringing so much joy and humor and levity to these really troubling times that we're in. And again, I'm, it's no joke. I would say at least a fifth of the family group chat text chain is Babylon Bees. Um, I'm sorry it's not helping the business model that we're that they're getting screenshotted. We'll try and send links. We are yes. a huge family, so links are better. And just on a, on a personal note too, I think it's so there's more men need to uh, not run away from their faith, not run away from their families. Good, strong mm-hmm. Christian men in culture, I think, matter. They're examples for other young men. Yes. Um, and you, you both are examples of that and, and having fun and making an impact and being creative, but also, you know, focusing on what's important, which is families and kids and, and spouses. So thank you for that part of, of, of what you do as well. So important. I think now more than ever. Uh, in today's culture. And, and, and uh, again, it's, it kind of creates some, some fun connections with, you know, with the book and gender. But again, sending out a, an example for the world of, 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 of being Christian, of being a man and being a father is fantastic today. So thank you guys for that thank as well. And congratulations to your wives who like... Have to let, put up with you? That, well, they have to put up with you. <laughs> but they also gave you guys that freedom to kind of pursue something totally off the wall and it has worked out and it's made the country better you're welcome (laughs) thank you all right thanks guys. you're gonna be in our bathroom right (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) kyle man joel berry thank you for joining us at the kitchen table uh again uh you can always find them at the babylon b great humor and maybe the next podcast we can always unpack some of the great humor that uh, that one of them wrote. You can get the book, The Babylon Bee Guide to Gender, the, th- the third in their guides. Um, pick it up. Great book we are. And we're going to read it and then put it in our bathroom. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks so much. All right. A great conversation. What what fun, <laughs> good guys they are. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the questions that I think a lot of, they're like, do these guys just sit, sit up and, you know, drink bourbon or beer or smoke marijuana and come up with creative topics? Good family men yeah. um, coming well, up might, with. They might be, humor. they might be, you know, drinking a little bourbon. We've got to be doing something after the kids are in bed. After the kids are in bed, but yeah, it is interesting. You bring such a great point, Sean, about the importance of culture and how we've ceded that so much to the left. And here are two guys, and boy, they face like you know, it's such a threat that like you know, the censors came out and said, and and the media has, has attacked them for what? For telling jokes because jokes are effective. And jokes poked holes, whether it was COVID, especially during COVID, so much stupid, funny stuff um, that was hurting people, but was so ridiculous that needed to be called out. They were awesome during COVID um, with their jokes and their headlines. And, um, you know, I, I just think you're right. Culture is powerful. They've jumped into that space. I mean, they could have, you know, done great work as a pastor. God knows we need more great music ministries ministers in the world. But this was a space, and it's just a reminder, you know, if you have a husband, a brother, a sibling, a child who's looking at going into, you know, uh, you know whether it's being a writer or a, an actor or a director or going into this kind of space that they've, they've gone into comedy, encourage them. It makes a difference, especially if they have your point of view and your values. So the, the, the left, their ideas are so stupid. I know. Um, and they're just ridiculous. And they want those ideas to be taken serious by everybody, which is why they work so hard at shutting down any kind of dissent. They, they go after Fox News. But also, 
it was the importance of shutting down contravailing voices on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. They want to silence people because their ideas are so weak mm-hmm. that they can't withstand scrutiny. And so when the Babylon Bee comes in and pokes holes and fun at them, it really, it's the emperor has no clothes. This, yeah. These guys are idiots. Their ideas are stupid. And when we laugh at them, all of a sudden, again, we see they're, they're, they're naked. And what they're trying to sell the American people um, isn't, isn't good for the country, isn't good for relationships, isn't good for humanity, isn't good for kids. Um, and so God bless them for doing it. And again, doing it in such a fun, awesome way. Yeah, it's, it's really funny stuff. So if you haven't gone on to check out their website, um, you should. And apparently they have all these videos. I've seen a few of them, these parody videos on, on YouTube. But I really hope they, I mean, I think there's an appetite for a sketch comedy show like SNL. Um, and, and boy, they would be the, the, the perfect people to do that. They said stay tuned. Cal said stay tuned. So oh, we'll we will stay tuned for that because the world needs more of that. So. Well, yeah. Again, their book is The Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. Can't wait to read that one. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be just as much fun as uh, checking out the headlines on their website. We want to thank you all for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I always subscribe. We drop Thursday no, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I almost got that right. Um, and again, if you do that, you get a notice. When you subscribe, you get a notice every time we drop, which we'd appreciate that. Um, and until next time, Rachel, yeah. see you later. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. See you at the kitchen table. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription and Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.